Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All this focus, focus is supposed to be scientific. Hello and welcome everyone to another premium episode of Back from the Borderline. If you're tuning in from the public feed, you're going to be getting a free preview of this, but if you are a premium submarine over on Patreon, you're going to get this whole episode. Today, we're going to be starting a multi-episode exploration of this book that I bought, which is this throwback vintage book that I had to wait forever to get to my house. And we're going to just be diving into it and doing a little bit of story time. You all know I love talking about critical psychiatry here on the pod, and it can be easy to think that we've only really started speaking out collectively about the harmful practices of psychiatry and the biomedical model. There have been people fighting against this stuff and advocating in these spaces for a really, really long time. So the book that we're going to be diving into is called The Radical Therapist, and the subtitle of the book says, Therapy means change, not adjustment. And the book's by Jerome Agel, and also is a collection of essays by a collective called The Radical Therapist Collective. 
So let's dive in and see what these amazing radical therapists were talking about back in the 70s. But if you're listening now from the public feed, we're gonna just take a quick break and get these ads out of the way. Part of what helps me keep making things available for free is allowing for dynamically inserted ads in some of my content. So if you're listening from the free feed, you're gonna hear a few ads now, and then we'll jump straight in to the episode. Let's do it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, everyone. I'm really excited about this. I waited for this book to get here for a really long time. And I'm going to go ahead and do the ask for forgiveness, not for permission kind of thing of reading from this book. I know when you get a lot of books, they say, you know, do not reproduce anything in this book. Otherwise, we're going to sue the shit out of you. This book is, I don't even think in print anymore. And it was released as a first printing in 1971. So it's been a while. And the author lists his name as Jerome Eagle. And then it looks like, as I'm just like going through the contents, it looks like there are different pieces of the book written by different members of this collective who refer to themselves as the Radical Therapist Collective, which is just so badass. I can't remember where I saw this book suggested, but it's just part of my rabbit holes. And if you listen to me long enough by now, you know that when I get this just nudge to say, hmm, maybe just go on a hunt and find this random niche book, I just follow that now. And looking at the contents, it's just a collection of different essays and We can go ahead and you're going to hear me like flicking through pages and I actually kind of love that because it's like we're just sitting down and reading a story together. So the book starts out by saying, radical therapy is just the beginning. It's being developed all across the country. It can't be described in six easy rules or five techniques. That's good because radical therapy is a way of living, not another new kind of therapy that can take its place in the psychotherapy spectrum. Radical therapy starts from the awareness that therapy is a social and political event and moves to the conviction that therapy systems, like many of this country's institutions, must be changed. Now, (laughs) this is in the 70s, and that's why I think 
the tides are really starting to turn now, but we have to really give credit to some of these people that have been doing advocacy for a long, long time. And it reminds me of Dr. Bruce Levine. And if you're a long-term listener, you'll know he was a relatively recent guest on the podcast. He is, I believe Bruce is like a psychotherapist and he has been just as long as the people in this book. He was active in the 70s, 80s, and on to today really, really fighting for change in the fields of therapy and psychiatry. And so we're just starting to see the tides turn now, and it is off the backs of the work of amazing people like this. So as we're going through this, remember that this was written in the fucking 70s. Like, and then the the rest of us, who most of us were just starting to seek therapy, if you're in like the Gen Z millennial generation we were all just starting to get into therapy not very long ago and you wouldn't hear any of these narratives because it's been so suppressed and people like this have been labeled so heretical it's like witch hunt shit but now they're finally getting their vindication now only decades later so he goes on to write people are determined to stop therapies perpetuating and legitimizing oppression we're developing a therapy that serves the people Wherever you look, therapy has failed. The only people consistently helped are the therapists whose lives are comfortable. And I would argue to say, <laughs> I'll just have a little sidebar here. I've interviewed a lot of therapists and a lot of them's lives are not comfortable. They are overwhelmed, overworked. Um, so just saying. State hospitals are collecting bins and processing plants. Psychoanalysis serves as a fancy elite group, and it's debatable if it even helps them. Other forms of therapy are hit and miss. The field is swollen with people selling their wares, but the wares are often shoddy and the marketplace is corrupt. Most therapists are men, most patients women. I'd say that the, the, we've definitely seen a change in that since the 70s. Therapy thus reinforces and exemplifies the sexist practices of this society, making it hard for a woman to get real help. Family therapy or group therapy might deal well with interpersonal dynamics, but it grapples less fully with the real social conditions under which people live. New touchy-feely encounter therapy helps people become freer in themselves, but ignores social or political change. A third of all therapy is commissioned by someone else, government, military, business, school. The therapist's main allegiance is to their bosses. Thomas Saz has written eloquently about this for years, and if you are listening chronologically to my episodes, you'll know that we talked about Thomas Saz on an episode I just did a couple of weeks ago when we explored Joanna Moncrief's article about do mental illnesses constitute like brain diseases. And all this in a society that, as R.D. Lang points out, systematically drives people out of their minds from childhood on, a society that regards as normal, a meshwork of dehumanized, mechanical, and rigid patterns of destructive behavior. The therapist touts himself as a magician, but he doesn't follow through. Instead of allying himself to the tradition of soul healing, witch, witch doctor, GP, priest, he allies himself to the status quo and bolsters it. He sells his skill like a vendor of fried chicken. He uses his prestige to discredit and slur social protest, youth, women's liberation, homosexuality, and any other different kind of behavior. Therapist rewards come from helping the system creak on. That reminds me of what Bruce Levine said in our interview. He said 
that as a therapist himself, he said that he believes that therapy and the schools um, and the different degree programs churn out therapists that are actually just keeping the systems going and they're actually just rule following type individuals that are scared of pushing the boundaries. And that's exactly what we need is people coming into the field of therapy instead of yes men and yes women or whatever, people that are just going along with whatever they're told, they're actually we in need of more and more people who are calling out these oppressive systems that aren't helping anyone. So he goes on to say, claiming to be detached and clinical, therapists never are. They can't be. Their words and acts demonstrate their bias. Current therapy's emphasis on the individual cools people out and or puts them down. It cools them out by turning their focus from society that fucks them over to their own hangups. It puts them down by making them feel quote-unquote sick, people who need quote-unquote treatment, rather than oppressed people who need to be liberated. Therapy is change, not adjustment. I think that's like one of the most powerful statements. This means change, social, personal, and political. When people are fucked over, People should help them fight it and deal with their feelings. A quote-unquote struggle for mental health is bullshit unless it involves changing this society which turns us into machines, alienates us from one another and our work, and binds us into racist, sexist, and imperialist practices. To do good work, radical therapists will have to take risks to organize therapists, clients, and hospital workers, and to attack precious oppressive institutions, the 40-hour workweek, fee-for-service care, mental hospitals as they now are, treatment of children as parents' property, professionalism, and so on. This will be done. Some people say radicals are against culture. That's nonsense. Yes, we want to root out the aspects of this culture that oppress us, but we want to preserve the rest, art, science, history, and make it a freely available for everyone. Therapy today is treated like a dark secret. Patients are kept mystified. They're not told what the therapist knows. We want to stop the mystification that sets therapists up as gods, words that confuse, medications that aren't discussed, theories that are bullshit, silences when people are asking questions. If there are ways of helping people with problems, let's say what they are and teach them to people. There's a difference between skill and role. Therapy skills that have been developed are useful. So is the understanding of human behavior we've built up. These can be made available to everyone. On the other hand, therapist roles, which have made therapists privileged and unaccountable, can be abandoned. Roles oppress us. Skills serve us. Abolishing mystification and professionalism is part of our task. Not all therapists are pigs. Many are well-intentioned people who have been trapped like the rest of us in a lousy system, though in a less deadly way since they benefit materially from their quote-unquote oppression. Those who still want to do valuable work can join us in the struggle for change. The others will fight us tooth and nail, calling us names, reading us out on their professional organizations, and so on. That kind of politics is nothing new. Therapy today is a power relationship between people, one up, one down, helper and helped. In a society built on individualism and competition, it embodies the problem and thus can scarcely be seen as a solution for people who are fucked up. Current therapy offers solutions only to people who buy the system and want to maintain their place in it, which is another way of saying current therapy serves the system. That's why we need to develop alternatives. Two, three, many alternatives. Therapists and clients and people joining together in a common effort. 
This anthology is a beginning. So the next part of the book is titled The Manifesto. And so essentially they're kind of laying out this radical therapist collective. They're laying out what they believe. This is what it says. In the midst of a society tormented by war, racism, and social turmoil, remember, they're writing this in the 70s, so God knows what they'd think about what's going on today, therapy goes on with business as usual. In fact, therapists often look suspiciously at social change and label disturbed those who press toward it. Concerned with maintaining and justifying current practices, therapy avoids moving toward making life more meaningful for all people. All of this is no secret. Many people in and out of therapy fields agree that the situation is intolerable. So why then does it persist? Therapists by training, what we have been taught is increasingly irrelevant and even destructive. Our notions of therapy are obsolete, elitist, and obsessional. Our modes of practice are often racist and exploitative, clinging to concepts often outmoded and rarely questioned. We insulate ourselves from the society around us and support the status quo, and we can do this very successfully. The therapist in this society is safe. He lives near the top of the heap, pursuing moneyed comforts, influence, and prestige, while the rest of society is racked by violence and war. He buys land and boats while others die in the streets. The thing that I just don't agree with, like, I and I, I will just say when I don't agree with things, is like, who is this guy talking about? At least the therapists today. I don't know any of my friends who are therapists that are like fucking like buying a bunch of property and boats like they can barely buy a house <laughs> or even have time for their own self-care. But I think he might be referring to like really a high level psychoanalysis who don't even take insurance and are maybe charging $500 an hour for an appointment or something like that, right? So he goes on to say, expert as he may be at analyzing interpersonal forces, he's often ignorant about forces controlling the larger society in which he lives. This must be exposed and clarified. Therapy today has become a commodity, a means of social control. I completely agree with that though. We reject such an approach to people's distress. We reject the pleasant careers with which the system rewards its adherents. The social system must change and we must be workers towards such change. But to be true instruments of change, therapy and therapists must be liberated from their own forms of oppression. The radical therapist will be a rallying ground for all people concerned with this task. Therapy to us broadly encompasses all factors affecting the psychic well-being of individuals, families, and social groups. We open our pages to all people with persistent ideas about therapy today, to clients of therapy systems, therapists, and people in related fields. You know, what I really think is so cool about this, this is why I love vintage books. When I open this book up, like it smells like an old book. You know that smell. And if you're a book nerd like me, you just like know that like you just sniff it and the pages are a little bit yellow and I'm just like, oh my God, I love it. This book was published. This group of ragtag therapists and psychiatrists put this out and had to publish it on their own and like literally like rely on word of mouth and real advocacy. There was no internet at this time. So that's just my my fun little book nerd uh, point. So let's keep reading. Therapy in a latter 20th century America must be redefined and altered. Many people across the country are willing to help in such a task. All that's currently lacking is a forum. The radical therapist will be that forum. Therapy has political as well as professional aspects. 
Radical insights within the therapy fields can alter the way we define and carry out our work. Radical insights into larger social order can show therapy's place within that order and suggest how it can be more effective force for change. At the outset, we acknowledge the uneasy tension between the words radical and therapist in our, in our title. Many of us live daily and with this tension and know only too well that it must be clarified. Just as all people are potentially patients, so are all potentially therapists. All can attack the roots of emotional distress. We invite support from all concerned people, not just from a professional elite. We repudiate divisions among ourselves on the basis of sex, class, training, and status. We are more alike than we are different. Our common task is transforming therapy into a more effective, popular system, which can free those in distress instead of oppressing them. I really love this point, and I think it's this is going to be really fun analyzing this book. And I don't know, man, we might just we might just read this whole book and I might just make this like a multi-episode premium series. If you're on Patreon, leave me a comment and let me know if that would be something you're interested in. I may I may just continue doing it anyways. <laughs> because I think it's interesting to read this. It was written in the 70s that is no longer even in print anymore. And then offering some commentary of where we are now, you know, decades later. And I find it interesting that they say, just as all people are potentially patients, so are therapists, right? This is a matter that should mean something to everyone. Because even if you, I mean, look at Britney Spears as just an example. This woman was like helping support the entire United States fucking economy. Like after 2008, after the crash, I just watched this deep dive on how much revenue Britney Spears just as a brand brought in. She brought in so much money and she was put under a conservatorship. In other words, she didn't have control of her own money, her own self. She was forcibly given medications and this group of people, including some of her very own family members, completely took advantage of her and completely fucked her up. And we're wait and I'm not saying Britney Spears is permanently fucked up because she's not, but damn if it didn't have an incredible impact on her mental state. And we can all see that. And she's open about it. And she is All right, everyone, that's it for this week's free preview of this premium Back from the Borderline episode. If you want to unlock this full episode, ad-free content as well as hundreds of hours of bonus episodes and access to the discord community as well as my weekly voice notes you can sign up to be a premium member today by visiting patreon.com slash back from the borderline you can support my work in other ways like rating the podcast writing a review or even subscribing on your favorite podcast player so that you get all the new episodes automatically downloaded to your mobile device each week so i hope that you can come join us in the premium submarine community i would love that but if not that's okay too and i will see you right back here next time and remember anyone even you can come back from the borderline Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.